Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really excited to talk to author Brooklyn Quintana because she's written a really cool book series that's still ongoing, and it's a tropical fantasy adventure, which I think is crazy fascinating. But hi, Brooklyn. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to to dive into this. Your first book, Phineas Fogg, Nine of Swords, it's really fascinating through and through. Can you go ahead and tell me about your book? Yeah, so uh, Nine of Swords is book one out of nine, and it follows Prince Phineas, uh, and he's he's turned 12, so now he finally gets to leave the North where he's been sort of sequestered his whole life, and he goes south to essentially meet his family for the first time that he can remember, and spend the summer with his cousin who he's going to be going to school with, and at the end of a very, we'll say, eventful summer, where <laughs> shenanigans happen. Uh, Finn and his cousin, Prince Holland, both get sent to the uh, Morency Military Academy, which is on this big tropical archipelago. And uh, they essentially are sent there to go learn to be proper, competent military leaders for the eventuality of that. Someday something may happen, so they need to be useful. They can't just be like party princes. They've got to be able to actually go and help out if the time should come. I love just this setup period and I love your plan on having a total of nine books. Have you always wanted to do the nine book series? Was this plan out already? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think from halfway through book one, I knew it wasn't going to be a standalone series. And I think by the end of book one, I definitely knew there's no way it was going to be just a trilogy either. And nine is a very important number throughout the book. So right, with nine seen, swords and exactly, so it forth. like an appropriate uh, kind of number to wrap up the series in. And that way you have a lot of wiggle room to really grow with the character as, you know, Finn grows up from a kid to a grown man who's got to go out and do you know, man things out in the <laughs> world. How was your writing process so far now that you have two books out with his growth in this series? Because definitely when you're planning out nine books, you've already kind of see, I'm guessing, how he maneuvers growing up. How was it writing it so far? Uh, I think book one was definitely a breeze to write. I wrote it in only eight months, which considering it's 772 pages, I, I think that was oh, a perfect time. Book two was a bit harder, just uh, getting the, the the exact plot that I wanted to tell for the characters, as well as dealing with, they're a year older now, so how would, you know, they were 12, 13 in book one, now they're 13, 14, how does that translate for boys at this age? Um, and then as well as how would that impact young teenagers from the events of book one? How are they psychologically moving forward into book two, but they're believably still the age that they're at sort of thing. So that took a while to really hammer out, but I think I'm pretty pleased with how uh, all the characters aged and matured into book two. And I'm excited for book three as well. So would you say Prince Phineas is your favorite character to write then in your series? I'm sure there is another character that you really 
really enjoyed writing as well. Would you say Prince Phineas is a favorite one though? Or I think Finn kind of default has to be at least always tied for the favorite since he's right. the <laughs> followed through the series. But I think I have a really hard time, especially with book three, not wanting to just constantly write about Prince Holland because I think he has a very I think Finn obviously has the most interesting story because he's got the most going on. But I think Holland in terms of like psychologically definitely has some really interesting things going on at the end of book two into book three that sometimes I have to remind myself it's Finn's story, not Holland's. So you cannot spend right. this time on this character. Right. But I wonder if, I mean, I know it's a lot, but I wonder if you're going to pull Prince Holland to have his own series, but I'm just throwing that out there, like out in the world. <laughs> but your first book being over 700 pages I, I have to ask, how was your writing process for this mound of this this fantasy world? Uh, I really liked it. So it wasn't like a, a chore to write. Like this is my this is my full time job. So right. it was terrible <laughs> if I complained that it was so much work. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hours a day spent in your head talking to yourself, trying to see if like, oh, does this sentence sound right coming from this kid? So, I mean, to anybody passing by my my office at home, they'd probably think I'm a crazy person, but I, I really <laughs> enjoyed the process. I had so much fun doing it. I had so much fun jumping back into it with book two and getting to come back to the world and the characters and see where everybody was going next. So I, I think it's just a joy to have this as a job and, and writing these books has been so much fun for me. To me, it's like a dream. Like I wish I could immerse myself in a world like that. It is so cool. How did wanting to focus on a 12-year-old prince, how did all this come about, wanting to write about his adventure and his path to adulthood and things like that? A lot of factors really cobbled themselves together with how this story came about. It was originally supposed to be a story of a uh, 16-year-old boy and his sister in ancient Rome being the children of a senator. Oh, uh, so clearly we, it's a big departure. Right. <laughs> and then I, I've always very much enjoyed Roman and Greek history. So obviously the Roman senator thing was there. And then um, Sparta had this system called the Agoge, where they would send young kids to essentially do military training. And they're like, ah, if you die, you die. And oh I thought gosh. that mentality was so weird for like a way of training kids that I, I had it you know years later I was watching the crown with my mother and grandmother and they had the flashback to Prince Philip going to this Scottish school doing an obstacle course and I was like okay what if we take kids from a vaguely British background (laughs) but it's fantasy and we'll mix it up we'll make it tropical because people don't do that enough so it's like (laughs) bungee in medieval times and then we just have like this if you die you die kind of mentality with all the teachers so everything kind of got cobbled together and then I thought Finn at 16 would be more accustomed to the world so he wouldn't have this like bright-eyed naivety about what it meant to be a prince so that's how he got scaled back to being 12 younger age yeah so any difficulties in completing the first book knowing already there'll be a second book any challenges that you faced so (laughs) as much as everybody likes to playfully nag at me that the book is 700 something pages. (laughs) I actually cut out a 40,000 word chunk of a subplot. So a big portion of book one actually did change and the entire ending changed. 
So it was after I finished writing it and I had this ending and I sat with it for a while. I was like, no, I don't, we can't, this isn't the way I want things to go into book two. So it was mm -hmm. the whole ending changed, which meant the entirety of like the middle onward had a change. So this is when me and my editor went through and we excised this 40,000 word uh -huh oh, man. plot. So yeah, a lot, there was always like, this is what's going to happen. But then along the way, you had to make those hard decisions and attempt to at least streamline most of it and say, this isn't necessary. We, you know, can't be doing this. We'll put it off till a later book. That's so heartbreaking to hear sometimes. Yeah. One of the things I, I heard from another writer, which I really carried with me is don't be precious with your art. So if you have to cut things, you just, you just got to do it. You don't. Right. It's your book, it. baby. <laughs> it is. But you know what? Sometimes to save your kid, you got to cut out a tumor. So that's how I thought of it. There you go. That's a good way to look at it. So ultimately, what would you like your readers to get out of your series so far besides pure entertainment out of this? I mean, well, yeah, hopefully entertainment is the, uh, the <laughs> primary factor. I think especially with the way I write and the story I'm telling for Finn and Holland and all their friends and all the characters is it's not a plot driven story, which I know in fantasy people are like, what do you, what do you mean? There's no plot. <laughs> There's no sorcerer's stone to get to. We don't have to rescue the princess. And it's like, no, the plot is very much driven by the characters. So I think the biggest thing I hope that readers get out of it is at least an attachment to one or more characters and really the humanity that they portray in this extraordinary world, like what that impact would be on you as a person, because they they talk about it a lot, like the meaning of what it means to be human and how to deal with those kind of emotions when you're in extraordinary circumstances. I like that, you know, you get to read about the adventure part, of course, and then there's a lot more deeper like meaning and messages in there that people like sticks with us readers. I love when authors do that. I think that's fascinating. So Brooklyn, what else can you tell me about you as an author? Uh, I think I've had a, a relatively, I don't know, straightforward, if not interesting journey to doing this as a job. Uh, I always <laughs> wanted to be uh, some kind of a storyteller. At first, I really wanted to be an actor because I, I like being on stage and performing. I've always been very comfortable with it, which I think is a weird thing for authors. Usually they're very <laughs> introverted. Shy. I'm like, Here I am. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I want to do that. I thought that's probably not a viable way to live your life. Uh, it's too up to chance. So I, uh, you know, just went to school. I actually have a degree in creative writing. My parents were like, look, go get a degree in anything you want as long as you come out with a degree and it's not like basket weaving or something. So <laughs> I'm getting a degree in writing. That was unnecessary. You don't need a degree in writing to do this job. Um, but then I, I worked in a corporate America in uh, law firms and in financial legal compliance. So I feel like I veered very far from the path <laughs> of artsy and then was so miserable that I was I can't I can't do this for the rest of my life. So now uh, now I'm here and this is my job. I like that the corporate world that you were in is a total opposite of the fantasy world that you've been writing. What are your general writing process as an author? Are there any tips or anything that you can tell us? I don't know if I have like tips. I think everybody does things differently. And when I was younger and I was, you know, learning to work on that craft as just a side hobby, I got all of these different books and videos of authors talking about, you know, tips of the trade and how to write a story. And everybody was just so different that it, I think it's very clear 
you got to do your own thing. Uh, do your um, own, right. Yeah. So I think for me, one of the, the big things I do before I jump into writing a section of the book or even um, one of the things I do before uh, jumping into writing like book three or book two or even book one was, and I don't know if this is going to make sense. I, in my brain, establish a, an instrument that I associate with that character. And for me, it's very easy to hear like in a scene, have that sound kind of resonate. Yeah. And so for when I'm writing for Holland, I listen to a lot of violin because I just imagine he's a violin guy. It's very dramatic. It's very soulful. It mm -hmm. can be melancholy. So that works for him. I, you know, French horn and drums for Finn because he's got more kind of a punchy presence. He's a lot yeah. louder. So I, I think that. that really helps me get focused on what I'm doing so that the character's stay who they are they stay individual like I said that's not really a tip it's just what I personally <laughs> I, I still like hearing that though because we all just imagine authors always at their desk you know curtains drawn lights out or candles or something and you guys just type away and and there's no other things that you guys do. That's how we imagine authors in general. So I like hearing that. I don't think that's too far off the mark. I'm literally sitting in a red room with no lights right now. <laughs> so there, there's our wrong. illusion that, that we like to stick with. So you're you're right up there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, sticking to the stereotype. <laughs> no, I like the stereotype. I think it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> how has it been since you published your first two books? I mean, it's it's definitely been in in its own way an adventure of a lifetime. I've very much enjoyed it. Uh, I very much have enjoyed the people that I've had the fortune of meeting yourself, other podcast hosts. It's Thank really you. been wonderful to get to to meet people who maybe aren't writing books or publishing books, but are still in that sphere and that world and industry. It's very interesting. I had no idea when I was younger how multifaceted the literary world is going to be from, you know, now we have social media influencers who are just solely focused on books and podcasts and right. interviews that are just book focused. So it's really cool to see all of the different layers that go into not only like writing a book, but the promotion of it, I think is so interesting. And it's so fun to get to do it and meet everybody and, you know, get different takes on what everybody's doing and what they're reading and things like that. So I think since writing the books, a whole new world has been opened up and it's just such a blessing. And I'm so happy that this is the life that I get to be living. I love that the others really enjoy this part of the process too, because you've been living with your books in your head for so long. You know, you get to talk about it again and again. As much as some others, they, they don't want to really be out in the world, like you said, be out in the social media. But I love that you guys talk and discuss about your writing process or just how you approach your story. So thank you, honestly. This yeah, is well, so thank cool. you, you know, everybody who does <laughs> what you're doing. Thank you so Yay. much for say, a, a platform to do this. Because I feel like if you don't talk about it, it's just like you seem like a crazy person because you're just living in a magic <laughs> world with your imaginary friends. But if you talk about it and write a book, you're like, oh, it's a job. So this is totally fine. Uh, I, I just think this is so much fun to get to, you know, share with readers what I think of the work. Because I think, you know, me and a reader are coming from very different perspectives into the right. book. So right. I, I think this is so cool to have this like 
modern technology to be able to sit down and talk about these things. Right. And you get to meet so many people from all over the world, which is so cool. Any surprises you came upon while you're going through your storyline or even editing? Because planning this whole world out, this fantasy world, there has to be really, really fun on for lack of better words but any big surprises I think one of the biggest surprises was just how quickly everything developed to where I had to kind of slow it down because I know it makes sense in my head because I created it but it was like dump all of this on everybody in book one we've got to scale it back so I think that was that was something I wasn't maybe anticipating and then obviously I, I've talked about it since we sat down my profuse love of Prince Holland <laughs> I gotta be like all right he is not the main character we gotta pull it back in Brooklyn but yeah I think those are the two biggest things was just how how quickly the whole world just became so accessible in my mind that I just wanted to share it and I had to be like no we can't overwhelm everybody <laughs> and then every time I wanted to stray off and be like okay but what's Holland doing I'm like no no it's story pay attention so I think those were two things that came about while writing book one that I wasn't entirely anticipating <laughs> that's so interesting but so Brooklyn where can we get your books so they are available uh anywhere that you would buy like online book retailers Amazon Barnes and Noble has it online um walmart pretty much everywhere for apparently it showed up on ebay they have like a whole crate of these things and i was like well nobody told me but it's there oh interesting (laughs) the easiest place to probably get it is uh amazon it's on amazon prime so you have free shipping uh if you have that so it's great it's convenient i think it's the quickest and most efficient way to go get it any way any of your fans can get a hold of you as yeah, as definitely. Media. You can follow me on Instagram at brooklyn.quintana. I am pretty good about answering emails also. Um, so you could go to brooklynquintana.com. That's where you're going to see all the stuff about the new releases coming up and different interviews that I'm doing and appearances I'm making. I've got a couple lined up, which is really exciting. But my email address is on there. So if you shoot me an email just saying like, I like the book or I have questions about being an author, 99% of the time I will respond if I see it. I like to think I'm pretty good about answering emails. <laughs> so you could, yeah. So like I said, you can reach me there at brooklynquintana.com or at uh, Instagram at brooklyn.quintana. And if you want to follow just book news and you don't care about me at all, there is an <laughs> Instagram for the book. It's official underscore Phineas underscore fog, which I know nice. is a mouthful. Yeah, but still it's fascinating. Well, I want to say thank you for coming by today. This is so cool to get to hear about Phineas and Prince Holland. So now <laughs> I'm really curious of how they play off each other, actually. Um, any last minute thing you want to say before we go today? Just, you know, thank you for having me thank and thank you. you to everybody who wants to listen to me ramble about my work and uh, go buy the books. <laughs> They're great. There's going to be seven more of these coming out. How long does it take for the series, um, you think, for each new book. I mean, you say it took uh, just eight months for the first one. How was, how about the second one? Uh, we don't want to talk about that. That was, that was two years. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. It was, it was two years. It, you know, the delays got me. Um, I think book three is going to, fingers crossed, come out a lot quicker than two years. I'm hoping. <laughs> at least. I think everybody who works with me is hoping for quicker than two years. <laughs> so, you know, hope, hopefully things will be a bit more smoother sailing. I love how, you know, you guys take a good amount of time to write your books. And us readers are like, I read it in a week. So exactly. when, you know, when like, is the next, next one? one? <laughs> like, I'm working. I've had so many people 
who will like, you know, people I've met out in person who buy the book and they read book one and they're like, okay, but where's book two? I'm like, guys, I moved across the country. I set up a whole new house. I'm working on it. And then book two came out and everybody's like, okay, but now I've read it. It just came out a month ago. Where's book three? And it's like, I'm, I'm trying, guys. I'm working on it. I, I haven't forgotten about it. And we're going to keep asking, actually, every, once your <laughs> book three means, comes keep out. Keep me accountable to get these books out. <laughs> We're invested already at this point. <laughs> One more time. Thank you. I had a great time talking to you about your books. Nine Swords just seems so, I don't know, the world that I want to sink into. I hope you come back when when you have your other books in the series. And I will talk to you later then, Brooklyn. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.